right, guys. Welcome to the How I Talk podcast. I am your host, Chris Jones. And Tim Jones right here. All right. So this is episode one. If you guys didn't get a chance to check out episode zero, uh, we did that last week. Of course, that was our intro to let you guys know about expectations of what you can get from this podcast. But now we are in episode one. Super excited to share with you guys our topic this week. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the worst year ever. Uh, so, can, Tim, can you start this off and let everybody know what we want to talk about? The worst year ever. Is this, uh, Chris, I need to know, is this the worst year ever? Some people have said Hey, this is the worst year that they've been because of the pandemic. And matter of fact, people are dying and they're not able to go into the hospital to visit them. They're not able to have funerals to bury them. And some people say it's the worst year, but we've lost jobs. It's been a pandemic. I don't know. What do you think? Is it is it the worst year? I guess it depends on perspective. Some people will say, hey, it's been my best year. I know uh, it just depends on perspective. Uh, some people will say it's my worst year because of all the tragedies and all the things. And you know what? I can always look to the Bible and see a, an example of that. But when we look at the lives of people, people would simply say this election and all that has happened in it, this has got to be the worst year. Is there even a, wor a worst year on record? Well, I don't know. Do you remember the Spanish flu? The Spanish flu. They, a lot of people died from that. So we could look at that and say, they probably said it was the worst year ever. You can look through history. A lot of people have probably said this is the worst year ever. But what really, what, what really constitutes being the worst year? What really makes it the worst year? Is it because you lost a job? Guess what? You lose jobs in every year. So this is not the only year you lose a job. People lose jobs every year. Is it because they're saying, well, we don't have enough food or we're not making enough money? That happens every year. Name me something that you would say this year that doesn't happen. Well, the only thing, what, the pandemic. And, you know, unfortunately, people die. Unfortunately. That's unfortunate. People die. And we don't want to make light of that. That's not, that's not the goal. But people do. They die. And it may be the worst year because you weren't able to attend the funeral. I, I know some people who had to have funerals and they simply only had their picture. They weren't able to attend. At the beginning of the pandemic, the funerals were just simply a picture. Mm. You were not able to go to the graveside and their hearts were broken. And they said, you know what? This is the worst thing I could ever do. I could not grieve the death of my parent, uh, the death of my spouse, or friend or relative. And that can really hurt sometimes. That can really hurt people. Yeah. What do you think? I I, I do think it is perspective because everybody has their own perception of what is good and what is, you know, bad or what's worse and what is better. Um, better to some people is, hey, I made more money this year. Uh, it's the best year I've ever had. But on the contrary, the worst year could be uh, my faith has suffered. I've lost a lot of friends or relatives, uh, things like that. So I think it is all about perspective and what do you constitute as a, a bad year or a, a really good year? Uh, what do you value most? I think that is that's what's important. What do you value most? If your best year is on, hey, I made more money, my business grew, this is the best year ever, uh, but other areas in your life have taken a substantial dip, then you have to look at it from an overall perspective. Maybe say, hey, outside of the money, I didn't really grow. I didn't really advance or people around me have made a have had a huge impact from uh, this pandemic. So I think it is all about perspective. Um, what would you say uh, for yourself is, uh, would you say is a better year or a worse year? 
for myself, I would say it was a, a better year. Um, we may we may have seen the pandemic, but um, one nobody died around me. So I would say one nobody in my family died. Nobody in my family uh, contracted the disease. So for me, it would go back to family. So if my family's healthy, I'm all right. But that was the main thing. Number two, I would say it wasn't a worse year because I didn't lose a job. So some of the things that people may say this is considered the worst year, if it didn't affect me in that negative manner or that manner at all, uh, then I may look at it as some of the best years of my life. But the, I think the main reason for me uh, that trumps all of that is that um, I have a certain joy and peace that resides. And because that resides there, uh, it doesn't matter what the uh, outcome may be. It doesn't matter if, if people are um, the pandemic. It doesn't matter what circumstances or situation I'm in. That doesn't um, determine whether or not I have a good year or a bad year. And see, people, I think, let circumstances determine whether or not they have a good year or a bad year. So if you allow um, death to determine if your good year is good or bad, well, that's going to be the determining factor. So it has to go back to each individual. What are they going to allow that determines if they have a good or a bad year? And if they say with money, well, that's your determining factor. Is it good or bad year? You say, where's well, my health? Was that your determining factor? Well, let me say this. It good or like bad year? It sounds like you're talking about adversity, responding to adversity. Am I right? Or oh, not? yeah, because this is an adverse year, right? It is a tremendous adverse year. Even in the election, if my candidate won, then it was a good year. If my candidate lost, it could be a bad year. So they're letting the, the outcome and circumstances dictate the year. Not necessarily adversity, because it can be some good things that happen to you, and people still say it's the worst year ever. So they can say something, um, it may be someone else that sits at and say, you know what, I made more money than I ever did before. But they might come to you and say, it's my worst year ever. How is it that you make more money, the best, uh, the best year financially you have in your life, and yet you say it's the worst year ever? Why? Because say this. circumstances, circumstances, yeah. situations, you allow them to dictate your life. Well, and what I'm saying is, don't allow it. Okay. And I think that that is true, but I'll give you an example. Somebody makes a lot of money, right? It's a great year um, from a worldly perspective, but their spirituality is suffering, right? So I would say that's not a, uh, they could say that's my worst year because I could have grown closer in these areas. Right. Or you could say, I would say for me, this year was a blend of, it was really good. And then some bad points, but overall it was still a good year. I had some friends that did pass away that I did know on a close perspective. And I think that did impact me because not, you know, those, you know, a couple of times we could have hung out or the last time you talked to him was a week before he passed away. It's it, those things still kind of bother you. Like, Oh, wow. I could, I feel like maybe I could have done more or something like that. Or, you know, what, I could have built relationships in these areas during the pandemic because while I was at home um, and I could have grown a lot of relationships or I was in the wrong friendships. And I see that the pandemic did kind of show that uh, as well, but I will agree to you as far as adversity. And I will share a story last week. You know me, I love to work out. So, I was uh, running on a trail. You know, they call me Mr. Fit, Mr. Good Looking. But uh, that, that's <laughs> They messed up. They messed up when they did that. So, they don't so, know what they're talking about. Saying, so, hey, I need to talk to those people. Yeah, so I was running on the trail, and uh, it was Saturday. And 
um, running around the trail, doing um, some hit workouts. So you run for like a mile, then you and you've been to this trail before with us. You, you and uh, my mom were supposed to run, but y'all definitely did a, a nice, slow, gradual walk. No fast pace, nothing. Keep it slow and slow. I don't know. I was moving quick. I was waiting on your mama. You got to remember, I was moving quick. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when I was uh, walking through or running through, uh, doing uh, a jog, jog mixed with a sprint, I would stop, do some workouts, push-ups, uh, sit-ups, you know, um, triceps, all those different things. Three-fourths through the trail, I realized I lost my keys. So I got to run back through and try to find my keys, all right? So I, I couldn't find my keys, and I had to go back through the trail. It took me about um, another 30 minutes to an hour, so I'm dead because I still got to go back to my car and I could not find my keys. But my point is, long story short, is that adversity, right? Uh, what I could have said is, you know, oh, I don't have my keys. Now I have a place I can't get into my apartment. Now I got to call all these people and I got to pay all this money. But I looked at it and I said, you know, it can't steal my joy from this particular day, right? Luckily, I had money set aside prepared for this, right? And I did not allow it to steal my joy. Now somebody could say, well, what if you are not prepared for this, right? I call their emergency fund, right? I had emergency funds set away for this. Somebody that didn't have emergency fund, they would say, how would you respond then? That's a good point. I may have responded a little flustered, a little irritated, a little pissed off because my emotions, right? People, we're emotional. We're still humans. I still be irritated. Man, I, I was irritated a little bit, but then, hey, I got cool. Hey, this is what I got money for just in case emergency. But my point was overall the day, I did not let it dictate the rest of my day. I could, I'm going to go home. I hang it up. I'm irritated. And that's what people do sometimes. Uh, from a year perspective, though, the pandemic happened. But guess what? When adversity kicks in, you're a business owner. I'm a business owner. What do you do? You pivot, you move, and you alter. And uh, right. you have to do that in business. But as people, you have to do that as well. Hey, I lost my job. How can you get the next job? Uh, I probably need to learn a skill, right? Uh, people around me are getting sick or, sick or unhealthy. Well, what can you do? Uh, to make sure that you're healthy. Well, I can eat more healthy, right? Choose the right foods, right? So that's my two mm -hmm. cents. And you're right, we got to pivot. A lot of people don't pivot. And so there's, it's important that people understand that things change, life change. Um, we don't do the same things. And a lot of times people want to stay in routine. They want to stay the way it used to be. And, and yet at the same time, they want the new stuff but you can't have both. Uh, the world is constantly changing and a lot of people don't change with the world, even though it's changing, they don't pivot. And in their life, they got to learn what it means to pivot and, and continue uh, something new. See, what I, here, here's the thing. People should always, always try something new every year. Every year, they should be trying something new. Now, when I say try something new, do something that you haven't done before. Um, when I say that is a lot of times people keep the same routine, they do the same thing, and they continue to do it over and over again. And insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And they want a different result. Most people want a different result, but they keep doing the same thing. And so they got to change the routine. And it may be, hey, changing the type of software you use, what happens? It makes you learn. Uh, changing a different style car that you make. I'm not saying buy a car every year now. I'm just saying, instead of you may have bought a Chevy every year, go to a Ford. And then all of a sudden, it's a different change. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you always bought this particular style of clothing, try a different style. If you always done your hair this way, try something different. 
why don't why don't let me ask you this why don't people want to change though uh because they're stuck they're stuck in routine people like the same thing they like familiarity and um it is when they're able to change and see things differently it expands them and it grows them and and it keeps and people don't change and it keeps them from growing listen the phone has changed over and over again the, the cell phone and nobody uses a rotary phone. You may not even know what a rotary phone is. If we no. used to stick our finger in and pull the number all the way around oh, to make man. it dial. Now you can just punch Holy it. Pop used to have that. I used to love that. Oh, no, he used to have one. Yeah, it's called a rotary phone. And mm-hmm. you have to put one, then you all the way around, a five all the way around. And that was how you made a call. But nobody uses rotary phones in today. Why? Wow, they've changed. And so as technology changes, people need to change. So in order to do that, you've got to challenge yourself. And I would say that's that's the number one reason people like things familiar. They like to keep it the same. They don't want change. They don't want to upset their status quo, their flow. But guess what? That's what you need. If you want to grow, you want to be successful, you want to move out of things, you need stuff like that. Those type of things help you to move in life. Um, you may have been using a, a certain software. Change. You know why? It opens you up. It allows you to see something. And it, you may go back to what you used before, but at least change to see it. So you know at least what it's doing, how it's working. Change the style of glasses you use. Just make changes in your life sometimes to just pivot, to do things differently. And people need to do that. And if you're a business owner, you've got to be able to pivot. you got to be able to pivot on a dime. Uh, a lot of business owners, listen, you know, a lot of business owners made money this year. They started making masks. You got to understand. They never made a mask before in their life. But yet they said, hey, people need masks. I'm going to pivot my business. I'll make a mask. Guess what? They started making money. That's And that, as a business owner, you got to see opportunities and go, hey, my business needs to pivot. And so in business, you got to be able to pivot. And in your life, you got to be able to pivot. And those things people need to understand and learn how to do. Um, But also, listen, the other thing is that through this pandemic, here's the good things that come out. See, there's some good things that come out and people may miss this. Now, people are going to hurt and they're going to have pain through this pandemic. They're going to have stuff like that, even through what they may consider their worst year ever. These things may hurt them. They may have experienced pain, hurt and things like that. But guess what? Through it, you can now be... You, oh, yeah. Through it, now you can become a healer. You can now be wounded through this pain. You can be wounded through a pandemic. You can be wounded through a lot of things. But it's now through your wounds that you can now become a healer to someone else. You can now become the wounded healer. You know, that's a book by Henry Nowen called The Wounded Healer. And he wrote this book. And in the book, it allows you then to then minister or to help others through the pain you've experienced. He says, that's the best way, that's the best way to find out your purpose, your mission, your vision in life is to look at your own self, see your own pain, find where you're hurting, and then turn and serve and help people in that manner. I'm not going to necessarily say minister. I may say minister because of what the terminology I may use. But in the uh, vernacular of the world, I would say turn and serve or turn and help someone else. Turn and help someone else from the pain that you have. And from that, it'll, it'll help your wounds to heal. But also, you'll be a service to someone else. 
See, these are the type of things that will help you grow and help you move out of being what you consider the worst year. It'll, it'll turn your worst year into your best year because now you're serving and doing something outside of yourself. Oh, Chris. Oh, okay, he's preaching now. But see, I think uh, I guess what you're saying is, again, responding to adversity, you said being uncomfortable. And then, of course, you know, this will make you stronger. So the next time you do get hit in the mouth or push down, you respond adequately. And yeah, that's right. Quicker, and you don't put your head down. You keep walking forward because I've been through this before, right? That's but right. a lot of people after this year will say, you know what? I'm going to hang it up. I'm done. I can't do this no more, right? Oh, no. Don't but do that, like the ostrich. Yeah. But again, that will put you behind right there. That'll put you behind from all these people that are moving forward and the world is shifting at the same time. The world is spinning on an axis right now and changing 360. Matter of fact, when you said being uncomfortable, I think people are comfortable um, not comfortable being uncomfortable and they're comfortable where they're at in their nest egg, wherever they're sitting at, they're comfortable within that. Now I will say that there are a group of people that will um, learn new things that are uncommon to them or different things that uh, require them to learn something new. And this, these are minor things, minuscule things that come to my mind, right? Instagram, um, podcasting, all these different things. I mean, those are great things. Uh, but like some things like in the, in the younger generation, they'll learn if there's new updates, on Instagram, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. New things that you need to learn to be able to, again, show a facade life that may or may not be true. You're going to learn those things real quick. But if I were to turn, tell you to go learn something totally different, something that you may have a real passion for or something that uh, may scare you a little bit, you don't want to try that one because that one's a little bit out there and something that, um, you know, is not the normal to you. Maybe because it's not within your group or the people you hang out with. Why well, it's important you to choose the right people. Uh, but I, I do agree with you responding um, to adversity. Now that's all worldly perspective, but again, I got to ask you too, spiritually, um, from that side, could it be the worst or best year ever? Uh, if you ask me spiritually, it could be the worst or best year dependent upon your relationship. So if, if we were to talk spiritually, um, what constitute a bad or a good year is going to really depend upon your relationship. Let me, um, let me say this real quick. Let me interject. Keeping in mind, of course, that this is the year that everybody has not been able to really go to church in person. Right. Anymore, right? Laura right. says we commune together, right? Commune online, being a community is great. But in person, as we've realized this year, it's totally different. It's something that everybody needs. So how do you think has that impact you? Of course, it's a personal relationship with God. Yeah. Spirituality. You know what this does? It, it tells people clearly uh, the fact that you need community in the spiritual realm. It, this, this clearly defines it because what you have is an increase. I mean, you can look at the numbers. There's an increase of suicide since the pandemic. Depression. Right? Increase in depression. I don't say this. I mean, you can look online and Google all this stuff. It'll show you there's this increase in depression, suicide, and these mental disorders and things of that nature. Why? People cannot get out and community with others. And if they don't, it creates a depression. And when you're not able to attend like a service in church that lifts you up spiritually, that engages you with other people, that encourages you, and you try to look at it online, it is not the same. It has not the same feeling. It's not the same environment. And people are going, let me back into the church. And it's funny because... Normally, when the church is open, people don't want to come to the house of God. 
But now that it's closed and they say, well, you really can't come in. People going, I want to come. <laughs> so now they, they're doing chats. I want to come. So you're going, hey, what's what's the difference? Is The difference is they start to realize and people start to see that this, uh, this church is, is necessary. It's needed. I mean, this this idea of community and, and sharing the word of God, it is something that is, you would have to say, is almost required. And it keeps you from being depressed. I look at people's uh, Instagrams and, and, and Facebooks and stuff like that, and you can see the darkness that has come upon their pages and what they're posting and putting out there. Now, they were once, they may be singers of light, and then all of a sudden, now they're diving into different darkness in their pages. Why? Because there's there's no church and there's nobody encouraging them in the word of God to uh, to go forward, to move on. And so that, that that is something I think that is important. And people need to see how important that is in their lives. Yeah, 100 percent. I agree. Um, and. Uh, as far as like spirituality, I'd even speak for myself that it has taken an impact one because the churches are not open. And then two, of course, it's a personal relationship, right? So now that you don't have the access to church, what is your relationship with God? I think it did shine a light on that, right? Because in yep. a fast paced environment, you're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. If you got kids, if you, if you don't have kids, if you're married, you, you're in the tussle and bustle of the life, right? Yep. You just, everything is about being on a schedule, right? And now everything is pretty much slowed down. Now you got more time than you probably ever had in your entire life. And now it's shining direct light on what does that look like? Whatever your relationship with, whoever you believe in, but what is that shine a direct reflection on? And you got a Bible right next to you. You can read all day. You can look on, um, you know, scripture or, you know, listen to people online. But I think that did have a, a complete reflection on is your relationship really authentic with God? And if so, how deep is it? Yeah. You know. And people find out online is not all it's cracked up to be. Now, it's um, it's a good. Don't get me wrong. There's some good things, a lot of good qualities about it. But the in-person just trumps it. It just simply trumps it. And people will tell you that. Um, I mean, online work and things like that. They're good. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's something about community, being around other people that just keeps people from just drifting off in depression being able to just have a soda with someone, just sitting there at the soda machine or drinking coffee with just talking about your day. You don't talk about anything. You might just say, hey, how are the kids? Well, you really don't have that interaction online. Being able to shake someone's hand, the mm -hmm. touch of another person is so important. I mean, you can Google this if you want about the touch of a person in your life. And the touch of a person can do so much. A handshake can, oh, you can, it can change your world. Um, the way someone touches you, the way they reach their arm around and hug you, the way they just put their hand on your shoulder and they can say, you know, it's going to be okay. That's a big difference than somebody through Zoom just going, hey, it's going to be okay. That's a big difference. It's a big difference in having a Bible study sitting next to someone and, you know, you're laughing and talking that's sitting in Zoom. It doesn't have the same interaction. I mean, it works good for the business world because the interaction is tends to be a little bit colder in business. It's not as, as warm, but in the, the spiritual realm, the interaction tends to be a little bit more warmer right. and, 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 and uh, affectionate toward one another in a loving and a brotherly love type manner. 
But in the in the business world, you don't have to have that. It's meant to be cold. Matter of fact, it's better if I stay away from you because I don't want any lawsuits. I don't want I don't want any corruption or anything like that brought upon me. So in the business world, it's better. Hey, let's keep it cold. Let's make sure you don't touch me. I don't touch you, and we don't have any issues. You, right. you see, it's better that way. But when it comes to the church, the spiritual realm, you want the affection of others. It is just totally different. So those are some differences I've seen. And, and I think um, not being able to come together has made this year one that we others may consider this is probably the worst year. Worst year they may consider. Um, and some may consider going through Zoom, hey, it's the worst year. Some may consider, hey, this has been a great thing. But everybody's no, different. That's true, too. As far as uh, reflection, I think now, again, going back to what I said earlier, the world has slowed down. You reflect on what is important in your life. Before you would think, oh, I got to do this and this. The world has slowed down. Now let's really think about, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. What is important? What am I doing that's going to be impactful for me and the people that are around me or for my future? It makes you start thinking on that level. And if you haven't thought on that level, you probably should start thinking like that um, because you don't want to be wasting your time. A lot of people waste their time doing things that are unfulfilling um, just because they feel like they need to do it instead of finding things that can fulfill them. Uh, whatever they define that as. Uh, I have my own definition of what I feel that is, and I'm sure you do as well. But you need to find things that are fulfilling and meaningful. That way you can live your life to the fullest. I think a lot of people were not doing that before the pandemic. And now that they have the time and how things are changing, you got to keep up. And a lot of people are not keeping up. And I'll leave this story, and then we will go ahead and call this a done deal, episode one, guys. Um, the story about uh, people not keeping up uh, would be Wendy's. I think I told um, you or but mom or sisters or something like that about it. Um, a lady that was probably about 60 years old, had two kids. Uh, we were at Wendy's getting food. And um, while we were there, they had touch screens. You were not meeting with the people in person as you typically do at fast food place. You say, hey, I want a number one, blah, blah, blah. Um, for me, I, I definitely like the burgers at Wendy's. So I'm definitely going to get with the chicken nuggets. I'm going to get it all. But a lot of people, uh, they had a touch screen. This was in Waco. So you go in there and you do a touch screen and then the, the order comes out to you. One, the lady was already getting upset about it. She had three kids and I think her her grand um, three grandkids and, uh, and her daughter. And she was already getting frustrated about doing that. So when I was like, ah, she's not keeping up with the trends because it's probably going to change to that. Less interaction face to face, more touch screens. You order, you get up out of there. Right. You wait till your order gets there. So she got upset about that. And she was like, at McDonald's across the street, it's way better because there they actually greet you. They actually meet you and they talk to you. I said, that's great. I understand. But things are changing. You got to keep up with it, right? You have to keep up with doing things as far as, hey, maybe a chip card, right? Things have changed to a chip card. We don't do swipe as much anymore. Hey, things have changed. I'll call it now. We're, we're not going to have menus. You need to have a QR code. QR code. You need to have a smartphone. So you need to yeah. keep up with these trends. Well, Wendy's, if that's why they want to do business, you need to keep up with it. And a lot of older people are stuck in their ways. I don't want to do that. This is, how the, this is the world I knew. Why should I change? Well, the world does not change for you. You change. You got to change for the world because the world is going to change or whatever it wants to change on whatever they feel that's important at that specific time. So going back to the Wendy story, long story short, she got her food. She was complaining. She was just saying, did not like the service and all that jazz. And um, everything had just changed for her in an instance, how she paid online or paid through the screen. Um, so that's my point is as far as people got to keep up with the trends because next year is going to be totally different. Uh, the currency, 
who knows? I mean, cash may be no longer a thing. Less and less cash. I see less and less change. Not a lot of people going to give you the exact change. When I grew up, people like, give me, let me give you that dollar fifty right on the money. They're not doing that. Babe. Put it on the car. So that's what I was saying. I agree. That's, this is how I talk, baby. This is how I talk. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, hey, guys, uh, thanks for listening to episode one. It's called Worst Year Ever. Uh, again, we will be coming in every week with a new episode. Again, to close out, uh, my name is Chris Jones. Tim Jones right here. And Old school in the house. School. All righty. All right. Hey, so this is real. It's raw. It's authentic. It's how I talk. Until the next one, guys. Mm -hmm.